Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and in today's special episode, we're continuing with our Avail's Merry Little Podcast series, a four-week series revisiting Avail's most popular episodes that we feel will benefit and encourage leaders. In this third week of Avail's Merry Little Podcast series, we're revisiting our timely discussion with Chris Hodges on the difficult topic of depression. Chris breaks down what the Bible has to say about this battle and how we as believers have access to all that we need in order to step out of the cave and into the light. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast, where we bring you practical, relevant Christian leadership principles and resources. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the lead pastor of Vertical Church, also known as Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. And I have the privilege and the honor of hosting an amazing pastor, an amazing leader, an amazing author today, none other than Pastor Chris Hodges. Pastor Chris Hodges is such a blessing to so many people. He's a senior pastor of Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, with locations all throughout the state of Alabama. He's also the co-founder of ARC, Association of Related Churches, the founder uh, of the Grow Network, where they teach other pastors and churches systems to help their churches grow. Also the founder of the ministry prep school, Highlands College. uh, And he has a passion for ministry and a passion for leadership development. I am honored to welcome you, Pastor Chris, to the Avail Leadership Podcast. How are you feeling? Uh, So good to see you, Virgil, and good to see you again. We were just together not too long ago. Yes, sir. You know, I want to say before we kind of get into the conversation, Pastor Chris, that um, my wife and I, my wife Justine and I, and our whole Vertical Church family are so blessed by you and your ministry and uh, the investment that you have made in pastors like myself has really made a difference. And so, so honored to be here with you today. And I'm excited for a lot of people to get to know you a little bit more, get to know a little bit about this book, which we're going to talk about today. But before we go into the book, can you just share a little bit about yourself for those who are learning a little bit about Chris Hodges today? (laughs) Well, I was born at an early age and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, I was born and raised in South Louisiana, Uh, grew up in church, didn't know God, got saved as a teenager in the middle of my college years at LSU, go Tigers. Uh, while, <laughs> while I was at LSU as an accounting major, God called me to the ministry at 20 years old. And so I just turned 58. So I've been doing this 38 years now. Thought wow. I was going to be the best number two guy in the world. Um, and that was my dream. And God, 20 years ago, put a dream in my heart to plan a church, really, when church planning wasn't a thing. Mm. And um, and so now kind of the rest is history. It's what I do. I I, I, have, I pastor an amazing church, and I love starting new churches and helping the ones that already exist reach their full growth potential. And I have five kids and seven grandkids, and that's the best part of my life. So I am a Cajun from South Louisiana, too, So, which means the people that are listening might not learn anything, but we're going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I doubt that. I think they're going to learn a lot. I've learned a lot from you, Pastor Chris. And, man, what a blessing uh, to see what God is doing uh, at Church of the Highlands, through Church of the Highlands. We got some of our students at Highlands College as well. It's, it's amazing. Um, God, has given, God has given you such a grace and such an anointing, Pastor Chris, just to hit 
we like, like you know how the saying says to hit the nail on the head you know and and your recent book your your newest book is called out of the cave for those who are watching video i got it right here out of the cave uh stepping into the light when depression darkens what you see mm-hmm. and i know that this has been something that's been on your heart for some time now and here it is i mean the ba- another baby has been born here right it, as a book can you talk to us a little bit about your heart inspiration why out of the cave well, if I'm honest with you, I'm really not the the, the, the depressed kind of a person. I, I went through it one time in 1999. It was the darkest year of my life. I thought I was clinically depressed. And in the, the 21 days of prayer and fasting of the year 2000, God gave me a vision for planting our church. And literally in a day, the depression left. I don't think it's the only solution, but it certainly is one of the best solutions. It's what happened to Elijah. He got a fresh assignment from God. So fast forward 18 years, never really experienced any type of depression at all. But in 2018, there were several pastors in America who took their own lives. And I, I wasn't friends with any of them. I didn't know them personally but it impacted me like they were my best friends. And I knew the Holy Spirit was trying to teach me something. So that Sunday actually brought a message, and I'm embarrassed to say my very first message on the topic of depression, and it became the most rewatched message times 100. Wow. I mean, I knew I'd hit a nerve with the people of our church. And that's when I decided, you know what, perhaps I should study this more. I should research. And I made a decision that day that I was going to go on a two-year writing and research project Mm. that included uh, talking to clinical psychologists, both secular and Christian uh, psychiatrists, did a bunch of reading. And basically, the book came out of that moment when those tragedies happened. Now, the manuscript was due... (laughs) in March of 2020. Does anybody remember that month? (laughs) (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so I actually asked the publisher, I said, Hey, let me, let me have a few more months knowing uh, that um, this was going to be a hard time. And God was setting this book book up for what people were going to end up going through during the pandemic. And then Virgil, the second, it happened the second time in the summer of 2020. um, I was really in a very dark place that I was thank the Lord, was able to include in uh, in the third chapter of the book. So I really believe it's going to help people where they are. You know, I think this is such an important message, Pastor Chris. I worked for 10 years as an occupational therapist, and a lot of what I did sometimes was in, kind of in the mental health uh, area. Um, and and I think people would be surprised how many people are truly affected by, by right. depression. Um, now, now, you use – you kind of use an analogy – in the book, right? You, you talk about a cave. Can you talk to us a little bit about what does it mean to be in a cave? And then the whole aspect of stepping into the light, just kind of the, the meaning behind that. Well, Elijah was physically in one. And so he, when he went through depression, the, he actually, the Holy spirit and the, and the angel of the Lord actually led him to this place where he was working it out. But it also serves, I think, as almost the perfect metaphor for how depression feels. Mm-hmm. Because you know there's a way out. You yeah. just have no idea where it is. In fact, right. but what you're experiencing is dark and disorienting. And I've only been in a few caves in my life, like a r- real ones. And a <laughs> moth can come by your ear and you think it's a bat, right? You, Your <laughs> mind starts playing tricks on you. You think the, yeah. the, the ceiling is caving in. So I think all of those are really kind of in some way describe what it feels. But what's interesting is, is there was a five-step process that the angel of the Lord used to help 
Elijah out of the cave that, again, he physically went through. But I personally believe that when the Bible gives us a story, it's not just a story for that time. Mm -hmm. It actually serves as a playbook for all time. So Elijah's experience now becomes a pattern that we can use today. That's why we preach the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. So these stories aren't just cool stories for them. They're playbooks for us today. And there was five unique steps that Elijah went through. And I call them steps because we have a role to play as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you ask, you know, what is the stepping into the light part all about? Well, a lot of people just are sitting around waiting for God to do something when he does most of it. But we have to step toward God, draw near to God, and he will draw near to us, right? So there's a movement we make in the process. And so I outline in the final five chapters of the book how we can take those steps. You know, we're going to get into some of that because I think it's important to touch on some even even just to, to to open up our appetites to it, because I think I think people need to get this book. I think so many people, you know, and and, I, and the other thing is I've, I've found that depression doesn't discriminate, doesn't care how old you oh, are, no. doesn't care where you're from, what color your skin is, how much you make or don't make, you know, what you've been through, you know, what your family looks like. Um, it, it's really it's really it can be debilitating. Um, and then another aspect of it that that you touch on as well is kind of the stigma behind anything mm. regarding mental health or, you know, depression. Oh, you know, oh, is that the guy or, is, you know, there's a stigma there. Can we talk a little bit about that um, and and how we can, how we can help that situation? Cause I think that's what help keeps people from not saying something or looking for help in a situation like this. Yeah, there definitely is a stigma around mental illness or mental health when the brain is a part of the body, just like, any other part is. So Mm -hmm. it's obvious that I'm wearing glasses. I have a part of my body, my eyes that aren't functioning at full capacity, but no Mm -hmm. one's thinking any differently of me. You don't think, oh my goodness, he doesn't have any faith. Look, he's wearing glasses. Wow. He's a weird person. He's wearing glasses. But if I told you, you know, I'm really struggling in my mind and I think I have some mental illness and it's not functioning at full capacity. It's like, okay, whoa, 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 wait, you know, and we've not been very good at the conversation that follows. In fact, in chapter three, I deal with the stigma and I even outline, and I think it's quite convicting all the things that people end up saying to a depressed person that actually will make them more depressed. Wow. It's all the wrong things to say to someone who's walking in the middle of that. And, and conversely, the right things that we can say to help someone out of the cave. So I'm really trying to bring it to the forefront. And honestly, Pastor Virgil, I would love for the, I would love for the church to lead the way. We, you know, we have the words of life. Why don't we have the conversation? Why, why can't we be the place where people who are struggling um, either by their own issues or things that they never could even control? You know, I have a I have an autistic son who requires some medication to, in his words, put the wires back together. Mm. And so I'm not I may have been against against, you know, the fact that some have genetic reasons or biological reasons. So I think if we're more. Um, uh, wel- welcoming of those who are struggling in all areas, like the church really should be, I think we could actually be a part of the solution. Yeah, I think it's important. I think that's important. And I think, I think leaders need to hear this message. I think pastors need to hear this message because um, yeah, it's it's so easy to it. It can go under the radar. You know, um, I want to I want to tap into uh, what you write about in the book specifically, um, the different ways we can end up in the cave. Can you touch on a few of those? And I know you mentioned multiple in, 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 your, in the chapters of the book, but what are some of the ways that we end up in the cave? Well, um, most uh, uh, psychiatrists and psychologists have, have put these in a group of, uh, of at least nine major causes 
of depression, of which Elijah did six. Hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, so one is he was burned out. I mean, absolutely. If you stay indoor in front of your computer, 12 hours a day, sedentary, isolated, fast food laden, sleep deprived. So just your lifestyle yeah. um, of, of, of your, I call it life imbalances. If you're like, we, we always want to talk about chemical imbalances. We should talk mm-hmm. more about the imbalances in the way we live our lives. Right. And cause that definitely has, it leads to depression. There's a direct correlation between depression and, and the lack of sunshine um, in, in your mm-hmm. body. So, so, so Elijah did that. He was, he had some of the most, uh, exciting moments of his life in chapter 18 before he wanted to take his life, but he was clearly burned out and clearly going too fast. And so that's one of them. And then, he, and then the next line, he says he left his servant there. So when he got depressed, he decided to go through it alone mm-hmm. and it's the biggest mistake. So isolation and loneliness, which we just came out of a year of a pandemic where we were socially distanced, which was a horrible phrase from day one. I mean, we, we didn't we didn't need to be socially distanced. We need to be physically distant, yeah. you know, to protect ourselves from disease. But we actually needed more social connection than ever before. Yeah. So we all went into lockdown and mental health hotline number went up 900 percent in 2020. You know, one out of four people under the age of 25 considered suicide last year. So, yeah. So now why? Because we were just isolated and lonely which is something that Elijah did. So the list kind of goes on and on. I mean, you know, there's one line where he says, I am no better than my ancestors. Well, what does that have to do with anything? You know, you're mm-hmm. running from Jezebel. What's this whole thing about your ancestors? Why are you comparing yourself to them? And I talk about in one chapter, the, the culture of comparison can lead you into a cave of depression. I mean, we mm-hmm. have that. I named the title, I named the chapter title, Scrolling Away Your Peace. Because comparison is the thief of your joy, President Roosevelt says. And but we have a we have we have systems in our hands, social media, to make sure you're seeing what everybody else is doing, or at least the highlight reel of what everybody else is doing, and it just puts you in a cave of depression. So there are multiple reasons that I outline in the book. You, you know, I think I think one of the things that maybe people might tend to think, Pastor Chris, is, oh well, pastors they don't have these issues, right? Leaders. People, oh, they got everything together. They got everything in order. As a pastor of pastors and a father to so many, could you touch on that? Because I think it's important for people to hear, including pastors and leaders, to hear, hey, as leaders, we're going to go through situations like this as well. Can you speak a little bit a little bit to that and the idea and the thought that maybe they shouldn't be going through something like this? Well, that's the point. That's why God, I, in my opinion, allowed, I don't think he created it, but he allowed Elijah to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um to let somebody who was really the prophet of prophets, he was the top of the list in the prophet category. So to let us all know, it's going to happen to everyone. Is it? This is something that we're none of us, as you said earlier, are immune from. And so, mm-hmm. but what it took, and it felt like a risk, if I'm honest with you, was to share my own story because I knew people yeah. respected me and thought I have it kind of all together. And so I, I, I took several times in the book and got. It felt like a risk how vulnerable I was and how honest I was with my own feelings. Yeah. I mean, I started many chapters with just the darkness that I went through when everybody thought I was this man of faith and power. Right. And Mm. so but I think what I was trying to do is not only share my story, but also model the fact that I don't care who you are, if you're going through it, that honesty is one of the first steps, you know, and even uh, uh, kind of allowing 
that story to be told and not, as psychologists say, ruminating and you just trying to process it all by yourself and having self-talk, which is very, very dangerous to do. I really appreciate that, Pastor Chris, because I think there is a sense of vulnerability when you write about or speak about your own personal struggles or challenges with something like depression. And I think I think there's great value in that. Um, taking a step back to what we we're talking about, the false perceptions or notions about mental illness, c- can you mention maybe uh, a false perception or a false notion about mental illness that you that you want to try to address or you want people to to know about? Well, that there's just something wrong with them. We've let our illness become our identity. Hmm. Uh, and, if they're in, and if you're sick, you must be in sin. Well, those, neither one of those are true. Hmm. Uh, your illness is not your identity. Um, my, the, lack, the fact that I'm wearing glasses does not describe who I am, right? right. So when we do this with mental illness or, men, or depression or anxiety issues, we've labeled these people and we've let that illness become their identity. And one of the solutions that I love dealing with in the book is having a clear identity, not allowing what I go through to be who I am. Mm-hmm. And you can go through something and not become that thing, right? And so mm-hmm. if we have a clear uh, picture of how God sees us, which I work very hard in the book to make sure every person sees how God has made them. That's good. You, you know, a thought, as you were just mentioning right now, because I think a little bit about old school church and old school pastors and even, you know, even uh, my parents, my grandparents' generation, where they might even uh, bring a connection, which there may be or may not be, with with spiritual as well. Um what do you? What would you say about that? You know, uh, does there have to be? Can there be spiritual oppressions? You know, kind of a spiritual aspect to the whole depression, you know, mental health situation. Oh, a hundred percent, there can. In fact, I wrote an entire chapter on the fact that Jezebel, who made the threat to Elijah that got him in the cave of depression, was not just a person, but she's a spirit. It's a spirit of a fear and intimidation. It's mm. a spirit that will get you there. So many people, the solution is purely spiritual. Now, I don't, I don't want to make the claim that, you know, just come over here, let me pray for you and you're going to be just fine. Right. But we have to understand spiritual warfare because this is spiritual. It, it's, it's, it's a spirit attacking the soul to affect the rest, the rest of your life. And so I write, I write yeah, vividly I about, yeah, you, and, it, and it is important because we are people of faith and but most people in their faith and in the relationship with God as it relates to prayer only know the communion and the devotional side of prayer and have never learned the warfare side of prayer. When prayer is not just communion with God, but it's also confronting the devil mm-hmm. and it's understanding how to take authority over the demonic attacks of our soul and, of course, do all the other things practically to put ourselves in healthier positions. And I think combined if we do the combined effort of this, I know we'll come out of the cave of depression. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Let's talk about that. Let, let's talk about specifically stepping into the light, right? The other side, you, you gave us some examples of how you can end up in the cave. Can you talk a little bit about um, some of the things you talk about in the book regarding stepping into the light, you know, um, sure. how we can, how people that are stuck in that cave of depression can step out? So in the book, I outlined the five things that Elijah did, and I think personally they should go in order. So I think these aren't just these aren't just five things. They are, they are steps, and one feeds the next. Mm-hmm. What's the most interesting part to me? There's two of them that really are fascinating to me, and one of the first one is one of them. 
Because when the angel of the Lord visited Elijah, let me just stop right there and say, if an angel visits you and has a solution for you, what do you think an angel is going to say? And if you didn't know the story, you would think, well, the angel is going to say worship or repent or build an altar or sacrifice an animal, right? You, that's what angels do. Mm-hmm. And the angel says, hey, why don't you go to sleep? Now, why don't you get something to eat? Okay, now why don't you take another nap? Okay, now let's get some something else to eat. And then the Bible says, strengthened by that food, he was able to take the rest of the journey. And I talk about the first step being what I call a needed recovery. For a lot of us, there are solutions that you cannot even absorb or receive because your body's too tired. Wow. And so before we ever do the solutions, how about we get a little rest? How about we nourish our bodies? How about we get some sleep? How about we shut off some out external voices and noises and, and get our bodies recovered? I had a friend of mine who was on a, a, a transplant list for a kidney. And, and they I never forget the day they called him. Hey, we have a perfect match. Get on a plane. Get to the hospital. You're getting this kidney today. They brought him to the, the surgery room, ready to open him up and give him this brand new kidney because his had failed. And they did all the pre-tests and he was too sick to receive the, mm. the receive the transplant. And I wonder how many times we're too sick to receive the transplant. We're, we're, we, we, he, 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 he didn't have a healthy enough body to receive the miracle, the, the solution. Wow. And I think a lot of times we don't have a healthy enough body to receive the solution. And so that's the first step in the process. I love that. You know, it's, it's so interesting to me when you think about spiritual order, right? Body, soul, spirit, how there's, you know, God created us in such a, such a unique way, such a powerful way. Um, I like, I like. The, the thought that you that it's you have to be ready for it, and I think it's important, especially if, if anybody's listening to this or watching this podcast right now, and you're stuck in a cave. It's important to pay attention here, Pastor Chris. Could you maybe maybe just without going into deep detail in each one, just kind of mention those steps because they're kind of consecutive, right? Right. So the next step after he was fed and rested twice, by the way, let me mention, and, and as a Cajun from South Louisiana, I really love when the angel solution is for me to eat food. So praise God for that. <laughs> and so, but the second thing that happened is he encountered God, watch this, but in a different way than he was used to. Hmm. So Elijah was very familiar with the dynamic. He was f- familiar with the, you know, the fire coming from heaven and consuming his sacrifice in front of the prophets of Baal. But when God came this time, he came in, in an earthquake, in a strong wind, and in a fire. And he says, look, I'm not in any of those. Now, God created all of those. Mm-hmm. He says, but I'm not going to come to you in this way this time. I think a lot of times we want the dynamic, but God is looking for the intimate. And he came mm-hmm. in this gentle whisper, this still small voice. And Elijah, I would submit, was not used to God that way. He only knew God and the miracle, the power, the coming fire from heaven. But God was saying, you're going to need to learn. If you're going to get out of depression, you're going to need to learn how to know how to know me in an intimate and a personal and a quiet way. And I talk about the power of worship, genuine, intimate style worship. I'm not talking about the band on the stage. I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about your favorite worship leader. I'm talking about those moments in the presence of God where your spirit settles and your soul settles because God's there 
bringing peace in the middle of your chaos. And many people, especially leaders, because we're all type A's and ready to conquer the world. Most people probably listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, are trying to do three things at one time right now. They may be working out while they're listening to this right (laughs) there. And but God's saying, be still Mm. and know that I'm God and to relearn the art of genuine worship. I love that, man. You know, I think, Pastor Chris, I think this is my, you know, it could be, it's easy for me to say this, but I think in these next couple of years, especially considering what, what our world has been through and is currently still kind of unraveling through, I think this message is so important, Pastor Chris. I agree. I, no, I agree. I think, can, can you, can you talk a little bit about connect us to leadership and leaders? Cause you know, the Avail Leadership Podcast, we're, we're really, we're really aiming at Christian leaders, why is it important for Christian leaders to, to, to hear this message, to carry this message, to, you know, to get this book, share this with their people? Why, why would you say that specifically leaders should pay attention to this? Well, two reasons. They're going to go through it and the people they lead are going to go through it. So we all need to be um, experts in personal soul care and then caring for the souls of the people that that serve our organizations. And so we, we've got to learn these mm-hmm. processes and both both sides of how people end up there so we can avoid it and then how we get out of it because they're going to get into it. And so and and honestly, the third step of that process, once he had this God encounter, we see Elijah having this clear identity. I talked about that earlier. Uh-huh. You know, he 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 was he said things to God that were not true about himself. I'm the only one left. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. There's there's others. Actually, there's many others. But he, we, we tend to lie to ourselves. And I think as leaders, um, sometimes we can buy into a narrative that's not true. Our people certainly are buying into a narrative that's not true. And I think one of the best things I do for the people that I lead is, is help them have a clear identity of our organization, our mission, our values, who they are, how much how valuable they are to me. And now that plays into that third step in, into the process. And then the fourth one is the leader's dream come true. So you want a leadership lesson. This is the second one that is my favorite in the list of five steps. And that is he got, he stepped into a fresh assignment from God. Wow. So God never answers, by the way, all of his complaints of how he got there. Never. It does it one time. He just gives him fresh vision. Mm-hmm. And we know that where there is no vision, people perish. And one of the best ways out of the cave of depression is to have this clear assignment, this fresh dream from God. And I talk about um, uh, probably one of those fascinating parts of the book for me personally in my research was that I studied the life of the Jewish psychiatrist named Viktor Frankl. Mm. Frankel lived post Holocaust. In fact, he lived through the Holocaust. His family members were killed in the in the in the Holocaust after World War II, and uh, and he he was a psychiatrist. He opens up a clinic in Austria in Vienna, Austria, to to treat Holocaust survivors, of which every single one of them were suicidal, and not one of them committed suicide on his watch. Mm. And he was he was actually. Um, he was actually saying that what Freud was saying was wrong. Sigmund Freud said that the life's all about pleasure. We just need to make you happy again. And Frankel said, no, no, no. Life's not about pleasure. Life's about purpose. Hmm. It's about meaning. It's about living your life in such a way that you know your life counts. And so he created what he called logotherapy, which is three things. It's, it's that every person needs meaningful work, a community of people to do that work with, 
mm-hmm. and to take whatever suffering you've experienced and use it to help somebody else. Well, guess what? That's the Bible. He didn't create that. God's been saying that for thousands of years, that we're called by God for something. And I'm telling you, Pastor Virgil, the, the probably the most powerful thing you can do to get out of the cave of depression is to let God put a fresh fire of vision and purpose, because you can waller in what how you got there. And I'm not, I'm not saying that how you got there wasn't real. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that we can lift our eyes to something that is above what we're going through and get this fresh assignment, knowing my life counts for something. And that's what Romans eight twenty eight means. You know, God has this ability to take our bad days, including our depression, turn it around for good to who those who are called those who love him and are called. And I think we forget sometimes you're called. And, <laughs> and, we, and we learn how to get this vision from God. I'm telling you, you're going to get the joy of the Lord's going to be your strength. That's such a good word. I think you, you might need, you're listening to this, you're watching this right now. You didn't know it, but you needed this today. You needed to hear this. You needed this message. God has a purpose. There's a purpose in your life. And and even there's a purpose through what you're going through. Pastor Chris, I love, I love that thought because I think that's what can lift us. I mean, I, I think there literally is kind of a, a snap out moment as the Lord is, as right. we allow the Lord to work in this. What would you say to, to somebody who says, you know, it doesn't seem like the Bible touches, talks too much about, you know, mental illness or depression for that matter. <laughs> you know, because nowadays there's people that complain about a lot of things. Oh, the Bible doesn't say this. Or it's not clear. What would you say to somebody who kind of debates that? Uh, they haven't read it um, <laughs> because, I mean, the psalmist David, just about every other psalm, he's 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 so low. Why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in God. So, no, every great leader of the Bible had had. M- if we would call it today mental health issues, but they were soul issues. They were the mm-hmm. emotions that get ravaged by um, by the work we do or the life we live or the conditions of our life, the rainy days and Mondays, the spiritual warfare, the attacks, the, all yeah. the things that that play into this. No, 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 no. It's all throughout the Bible, and which is why there's so many topics around the uh, uh, so many verses around the topic of peace. So why would there be so many peace verses if we weren't right. at peace? Right. In this world, you will have tribulation, Jesus said, but take heart. What, what's my heart? That's that's my that's where it, if I'm not taking heart, I'm depressed. When mm-hmm. I take heart, I've come out of my depression, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So I'd say, no, no, no. The Bible's addressed it a whole lot. And which is, again, why God wants to lead us to these places of peace. That's so good. I want to I want to. Um get your take, Pastor Chris, um, especially, especially because there's so many leaders listening, ministry leaders, Christian leaders, pastors. Um, why, why is it that soul care can be such a challenge, especially for pastors and leaders? Why, why is it that, that, that we come to the conclusion after the incident, after the, you know, the crisis that, that there was soul care issues happening? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I think it's probably one of the most needed areas. Um, I think it's I think it's our society mainly. I think mm-hmm. between the phone, technology, and all the in, 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 the unlimited opportunities that we have, that we try to put so much into our life, that we we are literally overwhelmed. Our souls weren't meant to the capacity that we're forcing on it. Mm. So it was Solomon who said in Ecclesiastes, it's better to have one handful and have peace in my heart than to have two handfuls and have toil and a chasing after the wind. Most mm-hmm. people live two handful living. So, yeah. so they, and why? Because I have two hands. 
but not everything that is doable is sustainable. Not everything that you can do, you should do. But our society is not telling us that. Our society is saying, put another app on, put another this in, just just add, 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 add. And so we're, I think we're completely overwhelmed with information. I don't think we were supposed to know everything at our fingertips. I don't think we were supposed to have, I wonder why that, what kind of tree that is and go straight to Google in two seconds, know the answer. I think, I think the speed at which we live has played a role. And so we've got to, we've got to wake up and realize that a lot of this stuff's really not good for us. So interesting. A lot of the content creators of social media, they're like saying, we don't let our kids use it, right? We don't let, <laughs> well, why? Cause they know what it does. And they said it has reshaped the, the, the human psyche. So, mm-hmm. so we've, we've got to go, we just wake up and realize that if you don't have healthy emotions, have healthy mental capacities, healthy, healthy thoughts that, that it's, you can't pray enough prayers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't read enough scriptures that, that, that the spiritual solutions only work well when you add the body choices and the soul care at the same time. Yeah. That's so good. Pastor Chris, you know, I, I have this sense, Pastor Chris, that somebody's listening right now, <laughs> somebody's watching right now. Um, and they're in the cave or they're, they're battling through some just internal turmoil. They're, they're going through some soul issues, um, you know, mental health issues. What word of encouragement can you bring to somebody who's listening right now, watching right now and needs some hope? Uh, that there is a way out. There just is a way out. And the, the encouragement I would give is please don't process this by yourself. You're your own worst counselor when you're going through it. You're a great counselor when it's somebody else is going through it. It's true. But when it's you, I'm, I'm, tr- tell me, trust me, don't trust your own advice. Don't counsel yourself. Share what's going on with someone that you do trust. Don't get alone in your thoughts, but, but, but talk to someone. Have them pray with you. Be very, very honest with at least one person. James 5.16 says, confess your faults or your sins not to God. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for each other and you'll be healed. So we go to God for forgiveness, but we, we need to go to God's people for healing. We need to have a friend, a trusted friend who can, who can walk through the cave. I uh, dedicated the book to uh, arguably my best friend in the whole world, Pastor Rick Bizet from Little Rock, Arkansas. And I dedicated it to him because every time I'm having dark days, he's the phone call I make. Mm. And he's so fun to be around. He's so lighthearted and happy and optimistic. But he, he's the guy, and I wrote it in the, de- in the dedication. I, I pray everybody could have a friend like him to help them out of the cave. And that's the hope I'd, I'd want to give every listener. That's good. That's, that's so important. Um, man, this, this book, everybody listening, watching, this, this book, Out of the Cave by Pastor Chris Hodges, is such an important resource for you on a personal level, for you as a leader, for your team. I want to highly encourage you guys to find it, to get it. Um, uh, Pastor Chris, where's the best place that people can go to, to get the book or order if they want to get it in bulk or anything like that? Yeah, it's everywhere books are sold. Um, Amazon, if you want the bulk orders, you can go to outofthecavebook.com. And there's some, um, there's the, the, for churches that want to buy bulk, there's even small group curriculum. I did a five week video small group curriculum wow. that churches can use, our church is using. So, yeah, so there's a lot of resources uh, available um, for it. And, um, and yeah, thank you. I, my, my dream is to help 
uh, not only people, but to help churches bring this important resource so the church can take the lead on the topic. I even have messages that I've recorded that churches, uh, we've had just literally dozens and dozens of churches use them and stream them in their Sunday services on weekends that pastors want to take a weekend off, you know. And so there's a lot of things we're doing to try to resource churches to be, to lead the way with this topic. That's so awesome. I really appreciate that, Pastor Chris. Um, how can people stay connected with you? You know, I, I don't know if you're into the social media thing or if people can find you or connect with you. What's the best way for people to connect with Pastor Chris? Well, I'm um, I ha- I'm on Instagram at Pastor Chris Hodges, but if for for this this is a leadership podcast, all of the resources and all that I provide to help grow churches and grow leaders is on GrowLeader.com, and it's a ministry that I started ten years ago to really to consult, to train, to resource pastors and leaders to help them reach their full growth potential, especially for those who feel like they've hit a barrier to their growth and they know they're called to do more. We actually have systems and structures to help uh, break through those barriers. I'm going to give a testimony here, Pastor Chris. In 2014, uh, my wife and I accompanied my brother-in-law and my sister who were going to plant a church uh, through ARC. Uh, and that's where we first uh, heard you. Um, I think you had just written the Four Cups book uh, and, and we heard about Grow. And that year we went to grow because uh, that was us, our church. Uh, I'm, I'm a pastor's kid, so my, my parents uh, planted our church. Um, but after some years, it kind of got we kind of got stuck. We knew there was more possibilities, there was more growth. And when we went to grow, the resources and the systems that we learned mm-hmm. from you and your team at Church of the Highlands really made all the difference. And I could I could testify we're one of those churches mm-hmm. that that was able to break a thousand. <laughs> we were under that break of that because of the help of the resources that you put out at growleader.com. So thank you for that. And and by the way, if you're listening, you're a pastor, you're a ministry leader, you want to check out growleader.com for amazing resources. And if you haven't gone, you got to go to grow. You got to get connected to a tribe. You always say that, Pastor Chris, you always say you got to be connected to a tribe. I think there's a relation there between your soul care, your right, having a tribe. Well, it was the fifth step. We never got to it. But the last thing that Elijah did is he, he's connected with Elisha, and he was never alone again, and he was never depressed again. So good. So I'll, I'll leave that as a final thought <laughs> that don't do life or ministry alone. So good. So good. Hey, um, there's a lot of resources out there, Pastor Chris, for leaders. One of the resources is the Avail Leadership Journal. The Avail, you know, we just we just like to get amazing leaders putting some content out there. Um, are you encouraged by leadership resources, Pastor Chris? Oh, of course. And I appreciate what you guys are doing uh, at Avail. I think it's spectacular. Thank you so much. Well, I want to let everybody know who's listening, watching. If you haven't done so, you can get a free annual subscription of the Avail Journal, free annual subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. I want to bless you. They come out quarterly. It can, it can encourage you and your team. If you're leading people, you want your leaders to also get into some leadership resources. That's our heart here at Avail Leadership to provide practical, relevant resources that will help Christian leaders throughout everything you do. Uh, Pastor Chris, this has been such a great conversation. I, I've I'm so encouraged. Um, I, I think that this message uh, in your book is something that really, really needs to to get to a lot of places. So I, I'm going to continue to tell people about this. And hopefully, if you're listening, let them know about the book, Out of the Cave by Pastor Chris Hodges. Pastor Chris, can, can you just leave? I know you just kind of left the nugget now about Don't Do Life Alone. Can you just leave one last thought here on the hearts of all the listeners? Because I think I think everybody's leading in and and listening to everything you've shared with us. Yeah, I would I would just let all of our listeners know that 
Uh, God is watching. He loves you. He has an incredible plan for your life. And I think sometimes we forget that, that, that he is such an amazing father. And I would just encourage people, don't let the light, your life go so fast that you forget to spend just a few moments with the, with the one who has the clearest vision for your life, the clearest vision of who you are. Make sure you spend time with the father every day. So good. I love that. You know, you know, as we're wrapping things up, Pastor Chris, my, the, something the Lord's been placed on my heart strongly recently is just the whole concept of spiritual fathers. And uh, there's so many people who need that. You know, we need our heavenly father, but but so many people just need spiritual fathers. And, and I think I think that that will also help combat against a lot of this depression and just having somebody in your life that, that can speak into you. Uh, and I, and uh, on behalf of the whole Avail team, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine, and everybody here at Avail, Pastor Chris, we just want to honor you and thank you for what you do uh, on a personal level. Uh, it, we, there's spiritual fathers that don't know that you're spiritual fathers because there, there's a distance, right? Or, or mentors. And you've been, you've been that to me and to so many. Uh, we honor you, Pastor Chris, and we thank you for everything you do. You and your team, your family are, are really a great blessing. We're, we're we're really proud of you and we're thankful for this book as well. But thanks so much, Virgil. You're a dear friend and I love you very much. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, what an awesome time today on the Avail Leadership Podcast. As always, when you connect here, you're going to be hearing from, from globally impacting leaders, leaders and pastors and authors who have a message that's going to impact the world. And today, the book is Out of the Cave by Pastor Chris Hodges. You got to get this book. You got to share it with somebody you love, especially if you know somebody who's in the cave of depression or battling and struggling with any kind of anxiety, any kind of uh, sadness in their lives. This is an opportunity. Get the book out of the cave. We thank you so much for connecting with us. My name is Virgil Sierra, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this special Christmas episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Chris Hodges. Remember, you can connect with Chris by going to churchofthehighlands.com. And you can find more leadership resources by visiting us at theartofleadership.com. Make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.